deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. A lock don't be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Shriekcast. I am your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And we are back after a week off of talking about our our our, our book reading. How yeah, are you feeling? Is, yeah, that was our first week off from Harry Potter um uh in 39 weeks. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Uh, it felt a little bit freeing, I suppose, like just just reading Harry Potter every week is just uh, something that I kind of have taken for granted. And I was like, what am I going to do with all this hour I have? Um, <laughs> and uh, I didn't read another book. I probably should have. Uh, I played played some video games and, and was pretty busy uh, going to, to Thanksgiving. So not a very eventful week, but I'm, I'm coming back to Harry Potter feeling refreshed. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it was, it was nice to, take a a break i guess especially because this was kind of a hefty reading that we came back to yeah Um, it's a long one yeah so we have that and uh and you know what else kind of took a break was harry potter news we didn't have that much up until today yeah Um, we're, we're still feeling the aftershocks of the crimes of grindelwald movie i think yes definitely we we have box office numbers now um it is not doing well in the states uh at all um it's in a weird situation where it was like it was top of the box office the first week it was out but was still making like significantly less than any other movie in the franchise had which is a weird position to be in and do you know off the top of your head for like opening weekend what else was out right like i i guess like probably families went to go see the grinch movie um, yeah, I But I can't um, think of any other like family first, adventure movie that was out at that time. First weekend I think there was The Grinch, but the second weekend Wreck-It Ralph came out. Oh. Well, do uh, people like that? I didn't even know that came out. That flew under my did. radar completely. I, I think it did. Uh yeah, it got good reviews. People seem to like that. Um oh, that surprises me. The trailer looked like garbage. Well, I think two I think both of those things could be true, you know? Yeah, that also might just, I mean, it's a kid's movie, right? And yeah. I, I feel like the things in it that did not appeal to me might not uh, pop up on a, a kid's radar in the same uh-huh. way. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, um, it, it, so yeah, so it, 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 it fell dramatically second weekend, like 52% drop off, which is mm. quite a lot for a blockbuster thing that's, you know, supposed to do quite well. Yes, I mean, it's the Harry Potter movie yeah a new harry potter movie came out a new harry potter movie came out um but it's doing okay overseas uh um kind of international box office i think is like double or triple what it's made in the states so far so it's probably like not going to be a total bomb but it's still not great and i would like to uh give a blessed piece of box office news here i Mm. i unless i'm reading this wrong it has made significantly less than Venom overseas, which is great because oh, Venom, great. I've not seen it yet, but I, I am sure that Venom is a cinematic fucking masterpiece, and I can't wait to, to watch that at some point. Yeah, 
uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen that either. Um, it's it's pretty hard for I I do not drag myself out to movies very much, so I feel like I maybe see one once every six months. That's mm-hmm. generous. Uh, so Crimes of Grindelwald kind of knocked knocked me out. <laughs> out of movies for a while. Yeah. Until we get to Divergent. Well, obviously, and I guess <laughs> I guess Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire is is coming oh, up around um, the corner? Question mark. Kind of yeah, out. It's like a yeah. lot of reading. Yeah, for your for your long weekend, did anyone uh, uh, ask you to go see The Crimes of Grindelwald? Oh, thankfully, no. I have not had to see that movie a second time. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm very glad that I will probably never watch that movie again. But it will. I, at some point, it's going to come up, right? I'm going to have to, for some some insanely cursed project that we're working on, we'll have to watch it again and uh, and, and relive, relive that magic. Yeah. Wow. That's a that's a terrible Woo! thing to to consider. Woo-hoo! Yeah. So so that's kind of it for Harry Potter news, but we've kind of got some stuff on the fringes this week. Some mm. pretty interesting stuff. Yeah. Um I'll I will start with the uh the weirder one, which is our nemesis bustle <laughs> is growing. I um, you know, I was hoping that we were kind of kind of weakening bustle, denting the armor a little bit. Uh-huh. Um but I'm I'm very sad to see that they they seemed to just uh, not care that much and, and appear to be growing <laughs> at alarming rates. Yeah, weird. It's almost like making stupid jokes about things uh, doesn't actually make them go away. Um, oh, that's a unfor- unfortunately. Um, but bustle. I actually did not realize how big bustle was. I've been I've been making fun of it for a long time on here. Um, it is. It is the poster child for like shitty corporate feminism blog, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I did not realize that they had had as much uh, money to throw around as they did. Um, and uh, and they have bought out Mike.com, which was a like I have a little bit of like prior knowledge about Mike was kind of one of the first victims in the like pivoting to video debacle. A few mm-hmm. months ago, yeah. um, uh, I know that they have uh, had a rocky um, go at it. Uh, I know, I know that they're it's changed hands a couple times. I think, and um, this is all just like random uh, Twitter drama know how that I have here. But like, uh, they just laid everyone off, so I guess they just bought the name. So like, fuck bustle, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, it looks like Mike laid everyone off in anticipation for this big bustle buyout, uh, and they're not buying it for very much money. No, uh, they're buying the it for five million, which really seems like they are just buying like the brand name, you know. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna—I'm sure they're gonna roll out a new masthead. What what could it be? What what is what does Mike bring that they don't already have, like under the bustle? uh mastheads that they have i don't know and and i mean bustle is their their main website but they have a few others that are just kind of in their network i went yes. to their like main umbrella website bustle.company <laughs> which made me laugh a little bit um and and i have to say like they're they're they their website is funny i mean it's also very scary like all that corporate stuff like shitty corporate bad bad folks stuff like bothers me but this was also very funny because it was like here's our stats like it's like we're here 
and were the leading like I don't even know what they are because they're not really news. We're just we're leading in like clicks from millennials and are have seventy five percent female like visitors or something. Mm-hmm. It's it's like I, I don't know. That was like disappointing to me, even though it shouldn't be that. That's their that's what they're they're getting. It it, it is it is uh, yeah. It's it it is depressing content in the same vein as like i don't know there's there's so many of these like aimed at men that are the same uh but there is something particularly gross i think about the way that bustle kind of just like uses like very like i don't know popular like feminist momentum and language to sell stuff like it is a it is a marketing arm um like i'm just like looking at like articles that are on their front page at the moment and i was gonna ask if they have articles yeah they they have they they do articles and stuff but like 90 percent of them end in a link like an affiliate link to buy something uh Mm. like 15 quotes from michelle obama's memoir that will inspire your own becoming and then like at the bottom of the article it's like a huge link to buy the book from amazon sure uh just lots of you know we covered a few weeks ago like how if you search harry potter it just like immediately takes you to a like page that shows you all the merch you can buy um and then the actual search results half of the articles are like uh god i'm just looking right now 19 19 home accessories to give the grown-ass harry potter fan in your life you can get a special harry potter box set at a major discount right now uh advertisement for the harry potter and concert thing 25 harry potter gifts that are small enough to fit in stocking like like it's just very transparent they're they're like uh, pseudo millennial language that they put in all their headlines i know we've like made fun of that in the past but it makes me gag a little bit i'm on their like homepage and i'm just scrolling and it's just Mm -hmm. it's just a lot it's very overwhelming yeah it's uh I, i just don't know who i mean like like, clearly people are clicking it it is it is wild i don't know who um who falls for this like how do you do fellow kids thing uh or or i guess in this case it was like you know i don't think fellow women like it's very i I don't think all millennials are as online as us yeah that's probably true or or it's a way more cursed situation where everyone is also like hate reading it like us and it's just like enough enough to work you know yeah i I think it's likely that this has a lot more mass appeal than yeah maybe our than our niche would would suggest yeah that's true yeah we, we definitely have a specific set of goggles on for this i guess but it just it just feels fake like it is so obviously uh transparently evil i i i want to say but i don't know it's 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 a lot and and uh bustle is now officially our nemesis uh above jk rowling well mm, on par with jk rowling is the ultimate nemesis but bustle uh uh fuck you for getting everyone laid off like that that's not good yeah that's a bummer um you need people to write these damn headlines yeah uh I guess I guess we can we'll see we'll see in what form Mike remains if at all <laughs> uh, like are they are they going to just populate it with like more of the same shit 
and just keep all of the branding. Yeah, what, like what is what do they buy? What do they do with the name? Because they already have like general pop culture blogs. Are they making like a like a music one? Is Mike, Mike? Gonna, is Mike gonna try to try to sell me Mugglefucker glasses? Also, <laughs> Mugglefucker headphones. <sighs> yeah. Cool. So that's that. That's cursed. Um, um, bustle, bustle grows in power, and I guess I guess we must do harder, uh, uh, work harder to defeat it. Um, speaking of giant evil mega corporations, sure. Uh, the Walt Disney Company is making an Artemis Fowl movie. Yeah, that's kind of in our our sphere now. I know we're kind of growing to, uh, you know absorb other kind of ya stuff and and i would say artemis fowl i can't really remember how it was billed when it came out but it was definitely related to harry potter because all kids books that came out at that time were like this is gonna be like harry potter but for x right i uh, distinctly remember having an edition of the first book that had a like review quote on it that was like the irish answer to harry potter or something like that that was not what i would expect <laughs> funny um i artemis fowl is a funny one for me because i know that i read the first three i remember feeling like i was a little bit too old when they came like i still enjoyed them and i remember Mm -hmm. liking them but i was like oh i'm reading kids books now that are like (laughs) Uh a little bit younger than what i am currently reading um the other thing is i think that typically i i have a pretty good memory for things that i've read I have no recollection of anything that happens in these books. I have weird memories of what happens. Uh, like, like not, I could not tell you the overarching plot of any of them, mm-hmm. but I have a weirdly specific memory of like, I know that the, uh, the, the centaur guy who runs their like, surveillance operation there's a centaur there's a centaur he are you he, sure you're not like, thinking of percy jackson no there's a centaur who runs and the, the... olympians and the lightning thief <laughs> there's a centaur who runs the like <laughs> intelligence computer or whatever and there's a scene that i really specifically vividly remember from the books where like he's showing artemis fowl his cool like like computer room and he's talking about how like humans haven't figured out how to get rid of wires yet but uh, everything here is wireless and like oh well yeah know... it, would, it would be hard for, to have everything wired if you're a centaur you've got so many limbs they get tangled <laughs> up in the wires you're like trip. walking away it's i mean i do that sometimes when i like i'm at my computer and i've got like a rolly office style chair and i like roll it back but all my wires are all in the wheels and mm-hmm. so everything like falls off my desk so imagine a centaur uh you know clip clopping <laughs> away from the desk and yeah you, just the you monitors got, fall down you've got two legs yeah he's got he's got four he's gonna he's got twice the amount of tripping potential is uh, a is a standing desk like um standard for a centaur do you think <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess uh, yeah i would be okay that's that is a point a good point you know how in like in movies and, and books and stuff that you know centaur characters are not like rare in fantasy fiction no um but uh have you ever like do you can you remember any movie that involves like a centaur or whatever when they are introduced like sitting down that's for for me that's just like an impossible (laughs) image 
to like like walking into a room and there's just like a horse sitting down with like is it a, sitting a, like in your mind's eye are you seeing this horse sitting like a dog like is <laughs> like it just on- its butt <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no i'm imagining more like like there's just like a horse lying down okay but has that, like a human that, sticking wait. straight up out of it <laughs> if a, is that what a centaur sitting looks like is a horse lying down I, let's not I mean, sit horses don't sit right i'm not a ho- horses I don't, don't sit I don't on know their horses. back legs i don't think no Maybe they didn't know. Horses I'm, don't sit like dogs. I'm pretty I'm, sure. I'm, I think centaurs might. Centaurs sit like dogs. So here's the thing that seems like centaurs are pretty cool, I think. Sure. But I'm just I'm just like now realizing like if you are a centaur and you're like a human torso sticking out of like a, a horse or like a like a fawn right. body or something. Well, um, a fawn body is different. But you don't ever get to like you don't ever get to like lie down. Like, well, I think a horse can lie down sideways. I... Like, like, can, has <laughs> has a has a has the human part of a centaur ever like l- laid down? I don't think. Oh, they can. yeah, because how would it? Yeah, the horse body is too large, so so the human part would just kind of flop. So I guess you'd probably yes. I mean, so you could if how you were a centaur, centaur sleep? you you could lay down next to like a beanbag chair. And like, right? like lean and your forward hor- your over horse, it. Yeah, your horse body is on the floor, but your human mm-hmm. part is like on, on Just the like beanbag chair. Just like face down, arms spread out, like face down in a beanbag. Yes. <laughs> I had no, I had no idea there were centaurs in Artemis Fowl, which is part of this bizarre experience for me because I know that I've read these books. 100% I read them. I have more of a memory of the spine coming apart as I was reading them because they were like a cheap paperback. And they had that like foil on the yeah. cover. And so, the, yeah. you know, so it was really weird when it started to peel. Yeah, I remember that vividly. Um, I remember honestly really liking the first three or so of those books. Me too, I... but I can't tell you anything about them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I have like very weird, specific memories, but I could not tell you the plot. Um, what did you What did you think of the trailer? Um, here's what I think. Mm-hmm. There is a time that I can remember being a child and going to the movie theater with my parents and and younger brother and watching the movie Spy Kids and also the movie <sighs> Agent Cody Banks. Oh hell yes. <laughs> And I remember that experience of being a child and thinking that that was cool. As an adult, you cannot show me a 12-year-old in a suit and sunglasses and make me look at that and be like, that's really cool. <laughs> you, it, you, just, you just can't do it. Uh, so, And that's not a criticism. Uh, that's just kind of where I'm at sure. with this. Yeah. Because yeah. there's like a part in the trailer where he de- it's not like the cool guy walking away from an explosion thing, but it's close. Mm-hmm. Like he, he like Artemis walks toward the camera and he's like wearing a suit. Like, I mean, he's like 12. I don't know. And he's like wearing a suit and he's got like the cool sunglasses, but he's 12. Um, <laughs> here's, also, here's... Uh, my second thing is I have a little I have a little bit of a and this is like kind of a half formed idea where I'm like a little bit side-eyeing the boy genius genre of things <laughs> just like generally yeah kind of and and i can't really say anything about artemis fowl specifically because i don't really remember what the story does with it 
Um, but in a world I... where I feel like all boys think they're geniuses, I'm just kind of sick of it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, I I want to say, like I said, I, it's been ages since I read it. I, I want to say that generally the series actually kind of came down pretty hard on Artemis. Like, because he's like a spoiled rich kid who has no friends. Mm-hmm. And like the whole thing is that he's like very shitty but like he's the only one who can help the 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 fairies or whatever and he's sort of like begrudgingly there are fairies in these books they're the main characters (laughs) i thought i yeah i I don't know anything do you you like not remember the premise at all no okay the premise of artemis fell (laughs) is that is that he he's a rich kid his dad is like a mysterious wealthy like we don't know what he does and he's gone missing um and their mansion is like built on top of uh a sacred celtic like piece of land that has an easy access point down into the fairy world and the fairy world instead of being like like mystical like magical stuff like there is magic but like their version of magic has been like harnessed into like future tech and there's the main character uh other than artemis fowl is is holly short i want to say her name is and she's like a fairy swat like officer or like detective or something yeah there's there like like and there's like a police chief who's like a cigar chomping guy and then there's a there's a dwarf named mulch who digs in the ground by eating dirt um that's great there's like a whole city yeah there's like a whole like future city underground uh and 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 so it's less about like artemis being a boy genius and more like them being like hey you fucking idiot like can you help us and he's like i'm i suppose i will help you i don't know like it's maybe i should read it Uh, you know hearing all of that if i didn't have extremely distinct memories of like the physical act of reading these books, I would think that I just must have been mistaken. Like I must not have. <laughs> like just forgot. Uh, like, oh, because, never mind. I didn't read these. Right. But I just I so I so remember like going to the bookstore to buy the third one. Like specifically, I remember the act of reading them. I don't remember anything about them. Um and yeah, and no, they're like spy like, novels. Typically when I forget a book or a movie and I'm like just like like you described it to me i would have been like oh yeah but no i i i'm totally a total blank uh so maybe i'll have to i'll have to read the book so we can go see the movie (laughs) hell yeah i I thought that i thought the trailer looked okay uh weird weird choice to put a radiohead song in there uh and then also put an orchestra over it i don't know how many kids excited for artemis fowl are going to be like Wow, I love the moon-shaped pool, but uh, but yay, sure. Yeah, that's kind of a weird part, but I I think that this is um, like I have to assume that studios are recognizing the power of like the Radiohead song is there for people our age that watched it, and they're going to True. bring their kid to the movie, ah, right? Yeah. Okay, I, I think yeah, it's kind probably. of the, the yeah, dual yeah. appeal there. That's a good point. Yeah. So yeah, I'm. I you know this trailer is like a teaser so i i there's like like you don't even see one of the fairies i don't think in this damn trailer um um so so we don't know like 
what the hell the movie looks like really are but, they you know, literal fair like are they yes. little like tinkerbell yes. fairies mm-hmm. well not they're, they're like a foot and a half to uh, they're like a few feet tall at top uh, like do they have like bug wings yes huh i'm yeah. kind of picturing I mean, like mag- it, it, magic the gathering fairies mm-hmm. from lorwyn is kind of yep. what what i've got in my brain that is that is they, they are they are described as having like like wings like i think i want to say like dark green skin um they're that yeah they have like a city um the main character is like like a secret agent or she's like part of like the most elite squad of like fairies that like protect the city like yeah it's fucking weird this is so funny because if you had asked me uh maybe before this trailer had come out like what i thought artemis fowl (laughs) might have been about and i had guessed having read the books i probably would have said i thought it was a um like a science fiction da vinci code for kids that i mean maybe not far off i guess it's more like james bond i don't know like like here okay i'm i'm just pulling up the holly short page oh i'm sorry holly short is an elf not a fairy there are fairies in this though uh, are, are the elves like 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 tolkien elves n- no they're like little whimsical celtic elves are they like the keebler elves she stands at 100 centimeters 40 inches i'm gonna tall. need that in an imperial system please <laughs> yeah 40 inches tall uh so she's like a f- few feet tall uh uh she was the first female member of lep recon enlisting after her mother coral short died after a week-long <laughs> mission in a lep lep marine ve- uh, vehicle from radioactivity poisoning she swore to her mother that she would destroy all the humans because it was a human tanker that dumped radioactive waste on the submarine and her mother on her deathbed whispered holly i spent my life saving creatures do not undo my work save them as well coral short died a few years before the speltropy outbreak this is wild i'm really excited now yeah this it's like a weird there's also like a weird like like military fiction aspect to this because butler the bodyguard guy is like ex-military or whatever and there's so there's like a lot of really funny like like tom clancy-esque sequences where it's like very meticulously detailing all his gear or whatever it's just a weird fucking book that's it's, great it's good it's good yeah it, it looks like a cute like kids adventure movie to me and yeah. i i am all for that like more more movie like movies for kids that are fun <laughs> yeah and i i hope it's fun i'm describing all of these things out loud i kind of also want to just maybe reread the first one like like yeah i'm super into that yeah maybe we should yeah let's 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 put a pin in that wait is this the book that made all the the other ya authors right like because fairies are like a huge subgenre now except i think they're like sexy fair i think it's like a kind of twilight style sexy fairies so i guess that's different yeah, no, there's like el- yeah, there's like elves and fairies and dwarves and and all that that it's like all like Celtic mysticism stuff. Oh, so it's the Irish Harry Potter is what you're telling me. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. <laughs> That's what I've been saying. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of Harry Potter, 
yeah, is it time to do our chapters this week? Yeah, we read some damn Harry Potter this week. We did read some damn Harry Potter. Um, and I will start us off um, with chapter 19, which is called The Hungarian Horn Tale. Uh, let me... It's, it's been a week, so I'm trying to, like, remind myself <laughs> what happened before. Uh-huh. Uh, but I think we just jump back in, and it's, um, and it's Harry feeling bad still about being in the task and he's just like getting super nervous and upset about it and everyone is being really mean to him still and and acting like he's not the real champion and and on and on uh but he's looking forward to chatting with Sirius and hoping that Sirius will help him because because that's coming up there's also a uh, Rita Skeeter profile that has come out about Harry, uh, kind of the result of that interview that he had with her in the broom closet during the weighing of the wands. I think that was last week. Um, and he's mad about that because she made up a bunch of lies about him, saying that he cried during the interview when she talked about his parents and also that he was probably dating Hermione. And so everyone was bullying Harry and Hermione about about the article. There's a part where Harry, someone calls his name in the hall. And because he's so on edge, he snaps at them. But it was Cho Chang. And now he's like really embarrassed. And she is one of like the only people that hasn't been bullying him lately. Ron and Harry are also still fighting, like not speaking to each other or spending time together. So Harry is spending more time with Hermione. And we get a scene of them in the the library together. And it's mostly a scene where Harry muses to himself about how he likes Hermione, but he wishes that he was hanging out with Ron instead. The first task is coming closer and he's getting more and more nervous. Harry and Hermione do end up going to Hogsmeade together. And when they're in the three broomsticks, I think, uh, Harry's also under the invisibility cloak because he is tired of people harassing him wherever he goes about the tasks or about the Triwizard Tournament, excuse me. Um, and he's, so he's in the Three Broomsticks under his cloak, and Moody and Hagrid are there, but Moody sees him with his magical eye and ha- and kind of says something to Hagrid that we don't see, and Hagrid comes over to Harry and, and uh, whispers to him, like, meet me at midnight, I have something to show you. That is the same night that Harry has to meet with Sirius, which is at 1 a.m., but Harry decides, like, He's so curious what Hagrid could have to show him that he goes. He knows it's going to cut close with his meeting with Sirius. But he goes on to Hagrid's hut at like midnight and Hagrid meets up with Madame Maxine and Harry kind of follows them under his invisibility cloak and uh, sees the dragons for the first time. And so he finds out that 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 is the task on his way back he runs into Karkaroff who's sneaking around and is also going to see the dragons. He does get up to the the tower in time to meet with Sirius. Sirius is doing a, a call uh, through the fire and, and Harry kind of dumps everything that he's been feeling at Sirius. Like finally gets to talk about everything. Uh, Sirius says the dragons will be no problem, but first he has to tell him what he's worried about. uh, And Sirius kind of lays out what he thinks is going on, uh, which is that he thinks that Karkaroff has something to do with um, Harry getting entered into the Triwizard Tournament. 
the and that's when we kind of get Kirkroft's backstory where he was arrested for being a Death Eater after Voldemort fell the first time, but he kind of wiggled his way out of Azkaban by turning over a bunch of other Death Eaters, and Sirius still thinks that he's loyal to Voldemort and maybe put his name in the Goblet of Fire, uh, and and also speculates that Dumbledore hired Moody to keep an eye on him. Uh, Sirius is then about to about to say like, okay, about that dragon thing when there's an interruption and Sirius has to go so Harry doesn't get to hear about the dragons and it was Ron that interrupted them. Ron says some mean stuff to Harry like, oh, I didn't know you were practicing for an interview. Like, what were you doing? Harry gets super duper pissed, throws a pin at his head and they're, and it's sad and they're fighting. And that's the end of the chapter. Uh, sorry, I'm just looking here. The name of the centaur in Artemis Fowl is Oh my Foley. god! <laughs> His name is Foley. Um, and I was sort of correct. So fairy wait, like, is Wait, hold all... on. Is it like full like a horse or full? Oh yeah. Or is it I thought F-O-A. it was gonna be like Folly. Like like maybe the maybe the the centaur's folly was the computer. Oh. But no, also, so, so I was sort of right. Uh, fairy is like a broad name for all of the magical peoples. There are centaurs, demons, dwarves, elves, gnomes, goblins, pixies, jumbo pixies, sprites, and water sprites. You can't also gremlins, krakens, trolls, and, <laughs> pixies, and jumbo pixies, unicorn, and also there's uh, hybrids. What's a hybrid? Just just as hybrid. Just a, oh, like a maybe it's a jumbo pixie. A uh, normal pixie hybrid. That would be that's like a, a that's a medium like a pixie. Medium pixie. <laughs> <laughs> medium pixie. Very good. Um, I had I had this moment where you started talking about Artemis Fowl, but you said like I don't know what you said, but like you paused for a moment, and I thought you were gonna tell me that I read the wrong chapters or something. I just had this like I was. <laughs> You let me go through all of that, and I told you the ro- about the wrong chapter. <laughs> I would never do that to you. Okay. Oh my, okay. Oh my god. <laughs> um. Sorry. Anyway, getting back no, on don't track. Be. Uh. This. I think this is a really good chapter. Um. Mm-hmm. For the most part, I I like that we're finally back to kind of the more like Azkaban style of writing where there are multiple scenes in a chapter instead of like one scene per chapter kind of drawn out. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, really. Um, Harry fucking sucks here. Uh, And in, in in not in a way where I'm like, oh, the book is bad. I mean that like, this is very like, I, I, I both feel for him and the situation he's in and like him being feeling isolated from his friend and like, like everyone is being mean to him. Um, and the way that that is manifesting at him, like lashing out at everyone, including the people who are like trying to help him is rough in a way that is good. Like, like rough and like, like, damn, that's some, some good character moment stuff. I think. Yeah. It's painful. Um, and not in a bad way. It, there are like several, several painful moments where it's like, <clears throat> excuse me, I I feel for him. And and the and he's you know he's fourteen and kind of the way that he's dealing with this is maybe not the best. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, I particularly find the, like, stuff with him and Hermione really sad. I feel for Hermione. Honestly, the character I feel for most in both of these chapters is Hermione, um, which is good. Like, I'm glad that Hermione uh, has some more to do here or like not not even more to do like like is is being fleshed out as a character and getting to do just like normal low-level character stuff beyond the spew stuff here Mm -hmm. um uh even though in the three broomsticks we'll get to it but there's maybe harry's shittiest behavior there in regards to spew um oh yeah (laughs) kind of going kind of going back to the start here um uh do you feel like the um uh the like whole first task thing and the like the Hogwarts like like champion rivalry stuff centering around the Rita Skeeter article do you find that like a little flimsy at all or or is that good i i just the people i like i get draco being an asshole about it but like the entire school being shitty at harry for even if it's fabricated the idea that he cries when he thinks about his dead parents seems a little cool (laughs) yeah that that's a little weird i feel like more I'm, i'm having a little bit of echoes from chamber of secrets um and I mean, the book deliberately draws that parallel, right? Yes. Is the like, ah, oh, this is worse than when everyone thought I was a racist murderer. Um, <laughs> and I would like to see a little bit more about like why people are, are so mad. Um, like, I can think of many angles, right? Like, maybe the other students think that it makes it look like Hogwarts is cheating at the tournament. Or... Um, but, but like, it almost takes the conflict that Harry is having with Ron, where Ron feels like Harry is always in the spotlight and it extends it to the rest of the student body with very little justification. Yeah. Honestly, the, the characters that I would most, um, believe this, this like animosity from would be like Angelina Johnson you know like or like other other hogwarts students or like other gryffindors specifically maybe that like applied and didn't get in and like they were old enough and stuff and like didn't cheat to get in and like like i could see like a more specific like there are a few characters who are very mad at harry thing rather than like oh man the whole school thinks you're you're dumb because you have emotions or whatever like that's a really weird angle i think yeah i think that there could have been some stuff in here to make that a little bit more believable to me um the i i continue to feel like the rita skeeter stuff feels like a window into jk rowling's life like i feel like she is writing her own feelings about being in a tabloid here Um, the misquoting thing is so specifically like i mean we've like looked at her old website before she had a whole like gallery on her website devoted to like like clipping quotes from interviews and articles and stuff and like rebutting them right like she Mm -hmm. was 
very much not a fan of of being like in the media um yeah which and, and, it, I'm, I, and i'm sure like i do feel for her like I, but when i read the part about like harry uh like rita skeeter writes like oh he cried when when i talked about his parents or whatever and harry having the gut reaction of i didn't cry i can totally see that same thing with her like i didn't cry when they asked me about my like raising my daughter or what like i just it seems so like kind of out of place for harry but it just kind of seems like she's just it, kind of writing that stuff in for her own yes speaking I, of speaking of that this is where you you i believe you said you underlined this too can we talk about the paragraph yeah. here that's in first person what yeah, the fuck let me find it um, why is that there i don't it's <laughs> it's it says it's just like a there's a paragraph break and it is it is a strange thing but when you are dreading something and that and would give anything to slow down time it has a disobliging habit of speeding up that's a jk rowling tweet it's just right yeah. here in the text yeah like what the fuck where did that come from and how did no editor say hey the narrative voice completely changes here like, it's so it's so weird because it does read to me like like um C.S. Lewis a little bit like there is yeah. that like I'm like yeah that is that but that's not how this book is written no yeah I'm, I'm not saying it's bad to write that way but it, it's not the way that this book is written or the series is written ever it's just like one sentence here uh that's that's like that suddenly personifies the narration yeah, and it immediately and just goes back into into hair. Like it's not even consistent in this paragraph, and it goes back to uh, the days until the first task seemed to slip by as though someone had fixed the clocks to work at double speed. But it goes back to you know someone. Um, yeah, it, it's very odd. It stuck out. Yeah, very weirdly. That's just that's just another one for me that just really feels like a like what i i so want to know what the first drafts of this book looked like there's like, there are so many spots and like this is the most that i felt like where's the editor like i did not have this many moments in the other books i mean the other thing this is a constant through all of this book but these two chapters too if we're just like talking about like nitty-gritty style stuff mm -hmm. these points of ellipsis have to stop holy they're not shit. gonna stop you know they're, they're not gonna stop <laughs> They're not, but oh my have god, you, they're have so you bad. Have you opened like Deathly Hallows since we started no. this? No, I haven't. No, it's like ha it's just like ellipsis ever like everywhere and lots of all caps, which I know <laughs> is like a stylistic thing that she likes. Um, I don't mind like the all caps, overboard. honestly. Uh, I've never, I've never uh, the, the the I would say like the two sins that I hate the most, ding, uh, ding. in her in her books are um i think she goes way overboard on phonetically uh writing out accents uh which i think is like annoying at best and like like offensive at worst mm -hmm. uh and i think the the <laughs> the points of ellipsis after every sentence are nuts it it is such a weird way to write a book yeah there are a lot of them it's constant like every paragraph has like at least one sentence that is connected with like like a thought trailing off an ellipsis it's very strange um 
this is a lot of uh, a lot of nitpicky stuff though like overall i I did really really like this chapter um mostly like not even because of just like the uh external stuff like i said like the 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 tabloid stuff is like flimsy i think and um (laughs) the style is very weird but like i'm just glad that we're getting some like internal hairy thoughts and feelings here you know yeah yeah, I, I I don't I don't love how this Hermione Ron Harry conflict is playing out. I feel no. like I'm probably just like a little overly sensitive to what I think is uh, J.K. Rowling deciding that like, uh, you know they're 14 now, so Hermione can't be as good of friends with them because she's no, a girl. yeah, that's the, the is it this chapter or the next chapter we get the the shut up? That's next chapter, right? Uh, I can't remember. There are just like this one has so the, this many... one has the slightly softer like when your best friend is Hermione, you you spend too much time in the library or whatever. It, as a response to yeah. Hermione, very sweetly pointing out that like they miss each other, like 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 the thing that happened at the beginning of this book where like Harry was thinking about like oh what well, you know like should I talk to my friends and. He, and his thing about like oh stupid Hermione would just like look in a book for me or whatever like that is manifesting again here in really weird ways like Harry just seems like a shitty friend to her here yeah and most of this in this chapter is just like his internal dialogue yeah Um, you know she asks him or tells him that he misses Ron and it says um he says miss him i don't miss him but this was a downright lie harry liked hermione very much but she just wasn't the same as ron and then later on in the scene uh hermione is mad about victor crumb because he's being followed into the library by a bunch of a bunch of stupid girls who are oh, like giggling, oh. uh, being giggly and like loud and she's trying to study um and 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 she says she's like frustrated and says they only they only like him because he's famous like they they wouldn't even like like pay attention to him if he wasn't a seeker and she messes up saying like a quidditch move and harry's response is like he says like ronsky faint said harry through gritted teeth quite apart from liking to get quidditch terms correct it caused him another pang to imagine ron's expression if he could have heard hermione talking about wonky faints it's just it's so stupid girl it just, comes out of nowhere honestly like this we like it just picks up in this book where it's like uh, like hermione's a girl and and yeah. we're just kind of stuck with that and also she's a student activist yeah oh that was the uh, yes the um that it, it, it's 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 conflicting for me because i i i both appreciate this as like a sad affecting portrayal of like a shitty teen being mm-hmm. shitty you know yeah. like like this stuff is very raw and real i think mm-hmm. but i also know where it goes you know like yeah like uh and so it's it, it's it's a tough thing for me to be like well i'm i'm enjoying and you know i i am moved by how harry is wounded here um but at the same time it's also kind of in service of like putting this weird divide between him and hermione because she's a girl like it's very irritating i guess in that in that sense like i don't think i would like i think 
I th- I think character conflict is good. Um, yeah. Oh, but yeah. I I guess I have I'm side eyeing it just the way this whole book is treating Hermione. She's well, being kind exactly. of sidelined the- into a joke, kind of. Like, like the, the way that Harry is behaving, you think, that the, like, you would expect that this should all kind of fall on him, right? Like, this is his responsibility to sort his shit out here. Um, yeah. It's not Hermione's fault that she has different interests from him. Uh, but it's not playing out like that, right? Like, it is every bit trying to, like, be like, oh, but, you know, Hermione... Hermione can't provide the things Harry needs as a boy who likes to talk about sports with his bro. Like, it's just a weird, weird way to frame it, I guess. Yeah, and she's coming across as just, like, kind of more, like, car- like she's just, like, a nag. This She's a shrill. Yeah, it sucks. Um. Also, just, like, everything that she does in these, uh, other than, like, she is good at school and good at studying or whatever, Um. I, I know I harped on this last time, but I am really annoyed at the shift that her character has taken to explain Harry, to, like, to Harry how he feels and how uh-huh. Ron feels, because that's not in her character, but it feels like it has to be because she's the girl. Yes. Yeah, yeah, totally true. Like, it's... like she's refusing to like be the in between, or at least saying that she won't be the in between. But it's like she's there to explain feelings to presumably both of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We never get a like Ron and Hermione scene here, right? Or like like hints of one. Um, and she's not we... mad in any real way. Uh, no. I don't know if we, I don't think we see. Th- I think we ha- we we are meant to assume that she's also talking to Ron. Yeah, it's it, it's because it, the thing is, like, she's right that they need to talk to each other, right? Like, they miss each other. Yes. And they need to talk to each other. Um, it's odd that her main motivation is. Like she, like or like she doesn't. Or rather, it's like she doesn't have a main motivation. She's she's, she's there to explain, help them. <laughs> yeah, she's there to um explain feelings to Harry here, but like she has no like like she never expresses like oh I want you know I want the status quo back so let's try this or whatever. It's just like like I'm here to explain the feelings and do with them what you will. I guess which is kind of odd. You think that she'd be invested in like her only main friendship, right? Yeah, and she doesn't ever have like her own her own takeaway or feel sidelined or or anything that we really see. Yeah, she never she never mentions how it's affecting her. Like she's still still going to the library and stuff like 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 doing her projects and everything. Like she's she has she never expresses to Harry, "Hey, this is how this is hurting me." Which is odd, I think. Like, she's there to explain his feelings, but not hers. Yeah. I I just think I just think this book is kind of kind of doing Hermione dirty a little bit. I I, I understand that, like, (laughs) she had a big plot line cut out of this book with with Mafalda. So maybe this is what's left. Yeah. God, I want to see what that looked like. I'm so, so I I want the uh, the original version of this book and to know what the hell it was initially before the rewrite. Um 
jumping forward a bit, uh-huh. uh, um, the the Hogsmeade stuff. Yeah. Uh, we're back in the three broomsticks for some more exposition stuff, oh, which yeah. I actually I like this a lot more than, <laughs> than the one in Azkaban. It's a little less. This is this is just the exposition bar. Yeah, it's the yeah. I love it's that. The, that's good. That's great. Yeah, it's the it's the place you visit to get all your quests each time. <laughs> uh, it's 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 great. Uh, this is where Harry says the shittiest thing uh, ever to Hermione, which is. Uh, she pulls out her badges and oh, oh, th- there's two things here. One, I know that I know that J.K. Rowling put it in here as a joke and it's supposed to be a dunk on how silly Hermione is being a student activist. But uh, big fucking hell yeah to Hermione saying maybe we should do some more direct action. <laughs> hell yes, Hermione. Fuck yeah, Hermione. Hermione uh, rules. Yeah, so this whole scene is horror. Like, I- <sighs> Again, I'm not trying to sound like I think a character acting sh- like in a shitty way is necessarily bad, right? Like, I think <laughs> it is good when a character does the wrong thing or says the wrong thing a lot of the time. Um, Harry is being such a dickhead. This uh, is the most awful thing he's ever said to any of his friends in this so, book. Yeah, so like, I'm kind of like on board with him just being a dickhead in like he is he's hiding under under the invisibility cloak because uh, he's, he's sick of people picking on him and we and he's going to Hogsmeade with Hermione and she's annoyed because she's like I I look crazy like I like I'm talking to myself because I ha- have to hang out with someone who's invisible um also that's shitty because it's also already been established that she is also getting picked on right like she has also been an object of this like tabloid issue but Harry's yes. just like self-centered and obviously doesn't care about her feelings at all um they go to the three broomsticks she's still annoyed like she's like now i'm just like sitting by my look like i'm sitting by myself and he just doesn't care at all what she has <laughs> to say like, like he does not listen and so because she's sitting alone she takes out her her spewed notebook uh, to look like she's doing something and because harry's just like over there throwing a fit and she does that and he just this is how it goes yeah she says you know maybe i should try to get some of the villagers involved in spew she said thoughtfully looking around yeah right said harry he took a swig of butterbeer under his cloak hermione when are you going to give up on the spew stuff (laughs) oh it's it's here's the thing it's i like like the goal here is to make him look like a wounded dickhead right and like i think it's good but the the thing is, is that he faces no repercussions for any of his behavior. I think here. that that's what really bothers me. I love when a character is just like being a dickhead. I think that's really fun in stories. But none of the other characters bounce off of him at all. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Like, that's the thing. Hermione's like, it's, it's, not like Harry. What the fuck? Like, if you're gonna <laughs> just be a dick, then how about you leave? Like, I'm gonna go sit with Ron. <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah why is she not like like fuck you like 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 i want i want if if this is how the story has to go if 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 this is like you know harry is gonna just like lash out at everyone then like people need to push people back. should probably react i don't even care yeah. how like she okay i'm gonna go sit with ron if you're gonna be a dickhead or maybe she cries why are you being so yeah. mean to me i don't care what it is but it's like it's Something. nothing because this is just in service to the joke about direct action yeah yeah 
he's such a fucking asshole. I, I mean, I, like, I, I think that we're also supposed to be kind of on board. I mean, like, I am on board with him being upset, right? But I think that because the spew stuff is framed as a joke, I think that when he says that, I think we're supposed to be like, haha, we we got her. Got him. Yeah, do you think... Do you, how how um uh how true to life is this do you think that like there was some article like when the time that article said that uh jk rowling's house new house had like eight bedrooms when it was really five or whatever uh uh, do you think that she sulked in the pub with like her husband or like a friend or something for for a day and they were (laughs) like 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 joe like like when are you gonna let it go it was the fucking daily mail or whatever and she was like oh (laughs) fuck you fuck you oh i can't believe this yeah like like is this a real thing that happened and she's like writing it as like like a cool dunk that she did (sighs) fucking probably (sighs) (laughs) the thing i do like about this scene other than harry's weird fit that he's having um i I love how the plot, which we haven't really been talking about very much, is kind of unfolding here. I mm-hmm. continue I continue to like how sinister Moody is. Um, I love that Moody, this is something I'd forgotten, that he tells Hagrid to go tell Harry about the dragons. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Here's a question that I have, though. Why can Moody's magical eye see through a Deathly Hallow? Yep uh i almost it's almost like the deathly hallows were made up at the very end and uh were not a thing uh at this point because uh, like a lot of people bring this up and we brought it up in our in our uh philosopher's stone episodes um but everyone always points to the scene where ron says cool and invisibility cloak or whatever right Mm-hmm. uh but the same thing happens here moody walks over and he's like yeah it can see through invisibility cloaks like it's a known quantity like and, and that has been written like there has been an explanation that there are shitty invisibility cloaks out there but you would think that we don't, since have, Harry no, we don't has, have that yet i know we don't have it yet but that is the official oh, like, yeah, yeah, line yes yes, I, yes what i don't understand is why like moody shouldn't be able to see through the perfect invisibility cloak like this is yeah, the clo- this a, is the cloak yes. that canonically fools death right so i'm not sure like, <laughs> like i'm not grim sure what the grim reaper is fooled by this thing but yeah moody's prosthetic eyeball like how like Can't. how powerful is this eyeball? like where did he get it like is the eyeball a hallow too oh it's oh it's yeah it's the uh, the secret fourth hallow I mean, fucking probably. Why yeah. not? Why the fuck yeah, not? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did notice that. It was very weird. I um again, again. don't care about it in this story at all, <laughs> uh, because none of that has happened yet. Uh, but I'm just but like it sticks out. You're like, like oh, once again, a an implication that like invisibility cloaks are a relatively known thing. Yeah, like maybe rare, maybe very expensive. Like not yeah. everyone can have one, right? But Moody, yeah. is not affected, or especially because this is supposed to be like a pretty accessible, normal wizard legend that all wizards knew. The, yes, the yeah, uh. the, the amazing wizard creation story that we only hear about in the seventh book. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ah, <sighs> this is a good scene though. Moody, Moody is so, um. I love his like 
very caring persona that he puts forth in all his scenes. Like the next chapter has a really good one too. Um, but it's so creepy, like, like knowing what's going on and stuff. And, and much like the, uh, the scene where he just like explains the, uh, what he did to get Harry's name in the goblet or whatever. Uh He's so like, it's like, I, 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 as, as just like part of the mystery as part of the plot here, I love how, um straightforward and obvious all his like stuff like he's not like pulling strings behind the scenes or anything he's just like saying like oh yeah Hagrid do this and like like uh you know Harry I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna give you a big hint how to solve the dragon problem like (laughs) like like you know I I I love just like how out in the open it is I think it's scarier that way and Mm -hmm. and it does it is scary like I I do think that it's a very effective villain and and especially coming like i actually think it's super smart that this is happening right after prisoner of azkaban um obviously lupin was a werewolf the whole time but he was still lupin and everything that he was doing was very good and and helpful and caring to harry and to have moody also be doing that like also be the like nice helper defense against the dark arts teacher i i think is really cool yeah absolutely yeah i think i think i think uh moody is a room moody slash barty crouch jr uh whatever is a really effective um subtle villain i guess like like yeah it's it's working really well for me here Mm -hmm. um so we go and see the dragons i think next yes we do Um, i like the dragons i love the dragons i don't love here's my thing i can't tell how much of this is commentary and how much is not um the triwizard tournament has this whole thing about like oh people died and like it's really arcane and and like uh uh, barbaric and and but we had to update the rules since it hasn't been held in so long and stuff um and this whole like thing with them like wrangling these dragons for sport uh is uncomfortable in a way where I can't tell whether whether it's like good, like oh this is supposed to be uncomfortable, and it's like oh this is like a this is a commentary on I don't know circuses, uh, bullfighting, take your pick or whatever, or if it's just like J.K. thought it was cool and they were scary dragons. And we're not I'm gonna guess to that one. <laughs> that, that's, okay, that's kind of what I took away from this. Um, I. I I guess the like description of like what happens there is pretty gruesome or not gruesome. Like, so the dragons are when we, we see the dragons, they're just waking up from their trip. Uh, Cause they had to be like flown in from all over the world uh, and they're waking up and they're super pissed and they're like chained to these, like to the ground. Right. Like um, mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to think of what it reminds me of um but anyway they're they're super mad and it's like it's no good they can't contain them so they all have to get they all have to get stunned um and it's it's pretty gross um i don't think jk rowling uh thinks about animals in that way though <laughs> that's true we know jk Rowling hates animals yeah so these I, are just big big just scary big animals, animals that deserve to like get big yeah, scary big lizards <laughs> It's true. They are really cool, though. I love all the descriptions of them and the designs. The Hungarian horntail is really badass sounding. Uh, 
I don't know. I'm I I I just think dragons are cool. I don't have any any more like in depth critique here. Really, just like damn, dragons are badass. When I was a kid, the idea of like different varieties of dragons was just like the coolest shit in the world. To Hell me. yes. I was yeah. like, yeah, there's a red one, and it lives in in lava, and it's you know shoots fireballs, and then there's like the the cool Hungarian horntail. It's got spikes on its tail, and it's super badass. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm into all of that stuff. That's very cool. Yeah, it's good. I had a I had a uh, a book, like a big picture book when I was a little kid that was just called like dragons, and it was like all these illustrations of like cool varieties of dragons that there, that there could be. And was, I was it like, the one that was kind of like a textbook style? It was yes. like a fake mm-hmm. textbook. Mm-hmm. Um, I only say that because I believe we went to the Goodreads page for that uh, that particular oh, book, that's and right. uh, someone posted a bad review because they were trying to do research for dragons and realized <laughs> that it was not the kind of book they were looking that's for. Right. That's right. That's right. You're right. You Fuck, can't I do that. that. You can't do that, Goodreads reviewers, just because you didn't understand what the book was. It was like they picked it up and they were like, <laughs> "I thought this was going to be about the history of dragon legends, but actually, it was fiction." <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah fuck Two that stars. book is cool though <laughs> not real dragons <laughs> fake dragons in this book yeah um uh so yeah i i do really like the this the scene with the dragons and i like the um hagrid's reaction and like charlie sort of like side-eyeing hagrid like i've counted the fucking eggs like you like, can't take one <laughs> Yeah, that that stuff's all pretty funny. Um, the serious scene. Can we talk about the serious uh, sure. thing here? Yeah, it was very stupid. Um, <laughs> it's dumb as hell. I like like I know that the the classic Harry Potter chapter ending thing is the <laughs> uh, it ends on a cliffhanger and then you go into the next scene. Uh, this is the dumbest one they've done by far, which like Sirius is really dragging it, dragging it out. Like the thing, the spell that I'm going to tell you that will help you to do the dragon (laughs) thing. Hold on. Just listen real quick. The spell that you need to, and then just like, it's so fucking funny. It's so good. It's like, he was really choosing his words carefully to take that long to get to the part where, someone interrupted him yeah i think that this is one of those things that occasionally pops up in these books where the level of absurdity is so high that i like it again uh-huh. yeah yeah i guess like as a scene like there's just a head in a fire that is comically being cut off before the key word is said or whatever is pretty funny yeah it's like the spell you need is and then it's like the the you get like interference in the phone call it's it's a it uh-huh. is a it is a comedy comedy going joke through a scene. yeah <laughs> uh i like the setup of all the karkaroff stuff i like um sirius's character as being kind of a loose cannon and like form like making all these just like wild speculations at a child yeah yeah yes the the comedy of like serious black like appearing in, like he broke into a house to do this first of all like, like yeah he he broke into a into a family's house so he could use their fireplace to skype uh his, <laughs> his godson to his tell 14 him 14 year old godson yeah, uh, hang on i'll godson. tell you the, i'll tell you the magic spell that kills a dragon in a minute 
<laughs> but, but first, I have to tell you what I heard on Infowars last night. <laughs> oh my god! Just like, like, oh god! I gotta talk to Sirius again. He's gonna tell me about the fucking chemtrails. Like, <laughs> well, you know the the secret spell that you need is uh, <laughs> like, shouldn't Sirius be going to Dumbledore with all of this? Be like, hey, Dumbledore, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's like no. I have to. Oh tell, I have to tell my. I have to tell this fourteen-year-old kid. Hold on, kid. I know you have to deal with the dragon tomorrow, but I have to tell you about Karkaroff first. It's like <laughs> when we and I know this is a spoiler for like next chapter, but like literally the next like paragraph of the next chapter is like Hermione saying like, "Forget all that Karkaroff stuff. You have to fight a dragon tomorrow." Oh, that that I actually do really <laughs> love when 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 Sirius when Harry talks to Sirius, he's like. Sirius is like, okay, fuck the dragons for a second. Let's talk about Karkarov. I'm pretty sure that uh, he has Hitler's brain in a jar somewhere. Uh, and then, uh, whereas Hermione, the next day, is just like, what the fuck is Sirius talking about? Yo, you've got to fight a dragon. Hermione should have been there for that call because Harry bought into Sirius's bullshit so fucking fast. Like, why didn't Harry say, like, Sirius, I have to deal with a dragon tomorrow. Can we please? Please just tell me how. <laughs> but no. Sirius is just like forward. Sirius drives one of those like weird cars that you see <laughs> on the freeway sometime that are just like covered with all the conspiracy theory stuff. Like Yeah. And he just he just told this 14-year-old, you know, and, and it's like you're like I feel like Hermione in this situation, and it's like, did you figure out how to fight the dragons? Like, no, but you have to listen to this podcast that Sirius told me about. <laughs> Yo, check out this link Sirius sent me. <laughs> it's a very funny scene. Yeah, it's good. Um, should we should we move to the next chapter? Maybe we've we, this is a there, there's a lot in this fucking chapter. Yeah, it's more than um, one scene. Uh, yeah, Harry and Ron do have a little fight, but it's pretty much just like a continuation. Actually, I do want to mention that I think that this is probably my favorite Harry character moment, even though he's being a huge dickhead. Uh, and it's when Ron uh, comes down from the dorm at, to like, see what Harry's doing. And Ron says some stupid shit and Harry says some stupid shit back to him. But there's a like description that happens like a couple times where Harry looks at him and he's so angry. And he, it, it points out that Ron is wearing like two small secondhand pajamas. Um, oh yeah. And, and it says like, like Harry looked him like, head to toe and hated everything about him including his like stupid pajamas or whatever and i don't know if i have ever like identified so much with a uh like a description of being angry at someone and then mm -hmm. and just like like you have that moment where it's like even something that you otherwise might have sympathy about or like you just you just hate everything about them and i thought that was really good it was very like kind of a gut punch. Yeah, really uh, heavy stuff there. So I just wanted to mention that, but I will go into chapter twenty unless you have any any closing thoughts. No, yeah, let's do it. Uh, like I said, yeah, it, it is a good emotional scene at the end there. Um, I just fucking serious thing is so funny. It kind of oh, yeah. overshadows it. it. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. That uh, it's kind of a emotional. Uh, kind it's of a bit of whiplash. whiplash moment there um so chapter 20 is called the first task uh, uh like i said before <laughs> harry the next morning tells hermione 
about Karkaroff when she tells him to shut the hell up. He has to fight a dragon. Um, so they start going. Oh, he's also telling Hermione about the dragon for the first time because he obviously went and saw saw mm-hmm. the night before. Um, so they go to the library and are looking stuff up about dragons, but kind of it's kind of a well, no dice. Like we can't can't really find anything useful. Uh, the next Monday, Harry sees Cedric in the halls and kind of puts it together that because Karkaroff was there that night and Madame Maxine was there and Harry was there, that um, everyone but Cedric is going to know what the first task is. Uh, and I can't really remember when it comes up, but it's there's kind of the idea that the, I guess it's later that uh, we hear that everyone kind of cheats uh, but Dumbledore won't. So Harry tells Cedric about uh, the dragons so that it's, it's so everything's fair. Cedric is a little bit suspicious. Like, why would you tell me this? Harry's like, well, it's fair. Um, and Moody actually sees that happen and calls Harry into his office. Harry thinks he's going to be in trouble for telling about the dragons, but Moody kind of does the like nice guy routine thing where he's like, that was, you know, honorable of you harry like that was a good thing that you did um and then he tells harry how he's going to get past the dragon uh using the socratic method um and asks him you know what are you good at potter and anyway harry kind of forms a plan he's going to summoning charm uh his broom and then fly because that's his strength uh and that's kind of our our payoff moment from all the summoning charm stuff being dropped over the last few chapters Harry asks Hermione to help him with summoning charms. So they, they work on that and he works really hard and finally like is good at summoning charms. It's, it's the first task time. They go into a tent with Ludo Bagman and the other champions uh, and they have to pick out little dragon statues out of a bag to, for their like assigned dragon. Uh, Fleur gets assigned the Welsh green. Crumb gets the Chinese fireball. Cedric gets the sweetest short snout, and Harry, of course, gets the, the meanest, nastiest dragon of them all, the Hungarian horntail. Uh, Beckman does pull Harry aside and tries to like give him a t- like help him out with the task, and says that no one would find out, and it would you know everyone else is at like at an advantage because they're older, so it wouldn't be cheating. But Harry kind of brushes him off and says, you know, I already have my own plan. Don't worry about it. Harry's in the tent and he has to go last. So he kind of hears is getting like more and more nervous and he has to hear the other champions do the task and kind of the crowd reaction. So he's freaking out, Uh, but it's, it's finally his turn and he goes out and summons his broom to him and gets on the broom and all his nerves melt away because he loves flying and he, he feels more confident uh, on a broom than, than anything else. Uh, and we just kind of get an action sequence here. Uh, Harry gets the egg from the dragon. I think he gets his like shoulder, maybe uh, like cut on his shoulder from the dragon's tail during kind of the action sequence. But it's very exciting, and he gets the egg, and and he's and it was the and he hears Bagman I think say that he was the fastest of any of the champions. Uh, he goes into like the medical tent to get his his shoulder fixed up by Madame Pomfrey. Um, and Ron shows up and Ron says to him, you'd have to be really stupid to enter this tournament on purpose. And Harry says, yeah, you, you get it now. And then they, they make up, 
uh, and Harry says, you know, forget it. So, so they're friends again. Uh, Ron, Harry, and Hermione go out uh, to see his scores. Um, he gets mostly good scores. However, Karkaroff gives him a four, um, which is very low since he was the fastest one to do it. And I think it's Ron that remarks that he gave Victor Crumb a 10, um, even though Crumb also got injured. So there's some kind of unfair scoring. But at the same time, Ludo Bagman also gives Harry a 10. Uh, so there's kind of some some weird, weird judging issues going on. Uh, we also get to hear a little bit about how the other champions fought their dragon. Uh, Cedric transfigured a rock into a Labrador to try to distract the dragon. Fleur put the dra- her dragon into a trance. And Victor hit his dragon in the eye with something. And the dragon got mad. Uh, after the task, Rita Skeeter kind of uh, approaches Harry and tries to interview him. But Harry gets a zinger and says, uh, like, goodbye, I won't talk to you. And that's the end of the chapter. So the primary villain in Artemis Fowl is Opal Cowboy. Um, <laughs> she was a genius pixie with an IQ of over 300 and aspirations of world domination. I and is the don't... founder of the famous Cowboy Laboratories. Uh, and she's 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 the rival of Foley, the centaur, because they're you know, both way into tech. You know, I I know that like this is kind of like new internet stuff, but I and I know that these are kind of like old books. I don't ever want to hear about a character's IQ, like unless <laughs> un- like ever unless they are like the character, like as part of the character, is that they're a huge dumbass and go around telling people their <laughs> iq IQs. yeah then that's fine uh, uh no i what i'm waiting for is is how far off from the first earnest use of like uh that was a 200 iq play in a like a, as like as a description or like a piece of dialogue in a book like that's got to be coming right yeah i guess i should write a book hell yes 500 iq <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's okay. To, I'm That's sorry okay. to drag okay. this joke out more. I just I've, I'm I'm now way into reading about Artemis Fowl. Lord. I guess we have to read Artemis Fowl. Fuck yes. Okay. Um. I. Fucking Harry is such a dick. Like <laughs> I, I can't believe that he's like he he has like a genuinely passionate thought. Like oh fuck. Like. Like, Cedric doesn't know what's going to happen. I better tell him. I'm going to shred his book bag. Oh, and he... this is, it is so, this is a, okay, this is more evidence for a Harry Potter CW show because the plan to shred <laughs> Cedric's book bag so he has to, like, pick up yeah. his, like, shattered ink bottles and stuff, that is a scene right out of a CW show. You can't convince Absolutely. me, it, like, of uh-huh. anything else. Like, we've been Absolutely. watching uh, the CW's hit show Legacies, and I'm surprised there hasn't been a scene of, of like the succubus witch lady. Like you get like a close up on her face and like a wink and then a book bag rips. Cause she's like trying to, uh, trying to romance someone in the hallways. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. What a fucking dick Harry is. Um, the scene with Moody is really great. Great. So I, Moody is like the best part of these book, this book so far. Totally. Like him, Again, just not even really concealing how suspicious everything is. Like, like his foe detector is going haywire, uh, or or what's the the aerial thing? Like, it's 
And he's, he's just got like these kind of like flimsy excuses like, oh, there's just too many kids lying about their homework here. Or like, oh, I had to disable the sneakoscope because of the same thing. And like, like, oh, it's so good. So good. I, I just, I love that he's Lupin, but scary. Yeah, Sinister Lupin. It's very good. Um, and, and, and specifically, like you said before, just like a, a villain that works specifically because of what's come before you know mm-hmm. yeah it's that that stuff's really cool i i will say again just like the serious scene his weird like i'm not gonna tell you dance about the about the spell is quite funny yes uh i i do kind of um harry kind of arriving at the answer and being very self-congratulatory about it is uh-huh. a bit much uh harry's kind of he's a dickhead but he's also kind of a dumbass this is a, damn he's a land of contrasts <laughs> i don't know if he's supposed to be that way if you don't like me at my dickhead you won't like me <laughs> you, you don't deserve me at my dumbass I don't know if I'm supposed to be feeling that way about Harry, but and I don't even necessarily think it's no, bad. He's a dickhead. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of Harry being a dickhead, uh, him then just like going to Hermione, like, okay, teach me the okay, spell. It's I time should for probably you to know help me. Now. Right, because she's been like bothering him about it this whole time. Uh huh. But <laughs> like, it's like, oh, now she's useful. Yeah. Yeah. This. Oh, this is this is where we get the. Uh, um the shut up part right because because or, or was before this right because they were so like looking it's at when dragon books yeah they're looking at dragon books and harry is annoyed because hermione i guess talks while she's reading like she is like i don't know some people do that right um yeah. and instead of saying something like hey hermione i can't concentrate uh when you are talking uh can you try to keep it down please sorry uh he says hermione will you shut up and again she just doesn't react at all yeah she just puts up with him like uh, it's tragic hermione find some cooler friends you know yeah go hang out with uh trying to think of another character well, I mean, Luna's in the book by now. I mean, she's not in the book, but she's at Hogwarts. She's at Hogwarts, yeah. Go hang yeah, out go with Neville. Luna. Yeah, hang out with Neville. Neville's good. Neville's hang a out with lad. Dean Thomas. Yeah. And Seamus Finnegan. Yes. Uh, well, Harry would. I think they're being mean to Harry right now, aren't they? Something like that. Everyone's being mean to poor Harry. Oh, that's true. Poor, poor baby Harry has to fight the has to fight the dragon. I will say, the. I think that the actual scene, like just moving forward a bit here, the actual uh, scene in the tent, like the lead up to the the um, the task is really good. Um, mm-hmm. I love the way that everyone kind of betrays how much they know. Um, <laughs> I really like. Okay, I am having a, a hard time remembering here. Bagman is really eager to help Harry because he's betting on him, right? Because he's like a yeah, I think he's trying to get his his money back because he's like out money to Fred and George. Yeah, so he's like trying to pay off his debts, and I think has I don't know why he would take out a. It doesn't matter. He is like a he is a great red herring here. He seems really sinister and isn't. Um, yeah, I mean I guess he he's is. He's, he's like a slimy dork, but um, but he's not relevant. 
Um, I want a little Hungarian horn. I, I remember being a kid and reading this part and thinking that the little model dragons were the coolest thing in the fucking world. Oh, yeah, definitely. Although um, in revisiting this entire series as an adult, there's a pattern that I'm noticing in J.K. Rowling's writing. And mm-hmm. it's that everything has to happen twice, but not necessarily for any reason. Um <laughs> Like, like it's, it's not as if it's like a callback or like a payoff. It doesn't really have any kind of like narrative satisfaction. But if something happens, you can almost get like something new happens. You can almost guarantee it's going to happen again in an unrelated scene. Like we got we got the little action figures of the Quidditch players in oh, the Quidditch World Cup. Yeah, I was and wondering it's like, where you were oh, going it's like, with this. It's like Victor Crumb is walking around in Bronze Hand. And it's like, yeah. in this one, we have little walking around figures of the, the dragons. Um, You're so totally that's right. that's something that comes up twice in this book. I don't think we ever, ever, ever see another like action figure that just walks around that's... in the entire series. Huh. You're right because it's it, it is it's not a payoff because it's not nothing's changed about them it's just also here's another it do, figure or it doesn't have any like additional meaning no um, it isn't as if it helps harry understand what is ha- it doesn't like it is just that we have known that thing before we know that there are little figurines that walk around That's, but they're yeah. never gonna come back again that i that i can think of does he get to keep it? That'd be kind of cute. I think so. I think it do, it does come up like he has it on his desk or some or like on his bedside table maybe uh, later on, which is cute. Oh, yeah. And I, and this isn't really even a criticism. This is just like a weird thing that yeah, I keep just, noticing. Just, yeah, it's you're right. It's it's I have completely forgotten. I were not forgotten, but I did not make the connection between this and the the crumb figure. Um. But, uh, you know, and, and sometimes you, you write a movie and you and you realize like, oh, I can kill a baby in this movie. And that's a really cool idea that I have for this movie. Uh, so maybe I should do it again in the oh same movie God. in an oh, unrelated what if we scene. Two babies. But unrelated. Two babies. Uh, it's not like they really matter to each other <laughs> or the narrative. Um, yeah. But I could do it two times for Fuck. sure. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry for the crimes um, of Grindelwald spoiler. Oh, no one cares. Who ca- who cares at this point? Who the double to this? the Fuck double infanticide? Are we gonna get a um a J.K. Rowling apologize for killing the unnamed baby tweet? Because you know how she oh, apologized. Is that gonna be your for, like, Christmas other tweet? Deaths? Yeah. 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 Sorry yeah, for killing um, that random baby. Sorry, we ki- yeah. Sorry, I killed the baby. Um. So here's here's a weird thing in this scene okay uh i think that the part where harry is sitting in the tent listening to the commentary about what the other characters are doing Uh is great it it is a it is a way better version of the awful commentary scene from the first quidditch match (laughs) um in the first book where where the entire quidditch was like information was just relayed entirely throughout commentary um this this serves a way better purpose because it's harry listening to commentary and like imagining what what is happening but not having like the full picture uh and it is also in stark contrast to how bad the action sequence is when harry actually gets out there yeah 
Um, he stands still and waits for his broom to come. Like, what's the dragon doing? Watching? Just, like, sitting there? Just looking <laughs> at him? Yeah. Really cool scene. Um, and then, then the rest of this action sequence is, like, it's all points of ellipsis, and he's doing a dive, and he dived again, and got the dragon to jump it's just like fucking i don't care Um, well in the movie i think they make it like a a like a chase scene it's in the yeah in the movie it's this weird thing where it's like he has to get to the egg uh and it's like a rock formation or something and he like has to hide between the rocks and run between them like dodging fire breath (laughs) like it's much more uh exciting it's a whole platforming sequence yeah i have no i have no idea how it's gonna i i'm still very interested to know if this movie is actually good or not i remember so little about it um but yeah yeah this this as written is just such a phenomenally boring action sequence yeah i i feel like uh, i was gonna say like i didn't think it was necessarily bad but i don't think i really care for action sequences very much but it might just be that i haven't read a good action sequence in a book in a long time so i don't remember uh-huh. what they're like <laughs> i always have that thing when i'm whenever i like see a marvel movie and i'm like fuck maybe i just don't like action movies anymore and then i'll like see a good one i'm like oh no i actually i do i just i don't like cg explosion festivals for two hours you know i not an author but i would have to assume that an action sequence is very difficult to write or at least a unique kind of skill mm-hmm. yeah it's such a visual thing really right like which know. is weird because i feel like jk rowling is a very visual writer hmm. yeah 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 i could see that i i'm like... i'm thinking back to the the scene where i had such a clear picture of the kids getting dragged behind uh the scroots earlier yes. in this book yeah um yeah but I feel like the action sequence in this, like I, I kind of skimmed it a little bit. Like I'm like, yep, he's going to get the egg and that's kind of it. Um, yeah. Cause it doesn't really matter what happens other than that. Uh, yeah. So, so I, th- I say, I guess I just kind of skimmed it a little bit. I'm not, I'm not sure how it could really be made better. Cause it's just like, he has to fly around the dragon and get the egg yeah i don't know i yeah i could couldn't couldn't suggest a fix but like i just was not into this scene i was really into the uh the explanations of what the other champions did like all that stuff that in the commentary i'm like that's great very creative and silly yes i am laughing at flirt putting the dragon in a trance i don't know why her whole character is a like she's a girl a sexy sexy lady but we never get to see her turn into a bird monster maybe she should have turned huh. into a bird monster and flown around fuck yeah or like had a fireball duel with the dragon yeah so many things you could do um let's let's talk about the most important thing here which is Harry and Harry and Ron. Hey, they're buds again. What a uh, I shouldn't have expected more, but what a non-resolution. It is the exact same thing as the the Hermione and Ron one from the last book. Yeah, literally exactly the same. Yeah, these characters don't talk to each other. They don't. There's there's a scene here where harry like sees that ron is about to apologize and specifically like prevents him from vocalizing his feelings he's just like don't just don't like bro 
Come bro, here, bro. Don't want to hear it, man. Don't want to hear it, man, bro. Let's 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 fucking hug it out, man. It just please let these characters talk about their feelings to each other or, once, or at least like have that mat like characters like people not talking about their feelings and then having that like have a consequence but i think that like i it sure was cute the first time when harry ron and hermione were all friends from fighting the troll but i'm a little bit sick of it now that every single character conflict resolves like this every single time <laughs> it's like something something scary happens unrelated to what was going on and then everyone's okay again yeah well and and there's all there's almost a thing here um where like like after they've kind of like broed out a little bit hermione starts crying is like you are so stupid um which i'm i i I know i am 100 percent on her side here and then she like hugs them and then like to each other harry and ron are like fucking girls right like (sighs) whatever god (laughs) it's so frustrating um I, I as i read these chapters um i just have that good charlotte song playing in the back of my head um is that called <laughs> girls and boys uh yes yep mm-hmm. that's the theme song of goblet so. of fire oh my god uh yeah i'm 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 doing some we're doing some fact checking here good charlotte boys uh yep girls and boys hmm good song girls don't like boys girls like cars and money boys will laugh at girls when they're not funny and these girls like these boys like these boys like these i forgot that this song is also just a fucking rip off of the blur song that's way better <laughs> i think um, that dumbledore is playing the song during their like pep assemblies at hogwarts <laughs> this is the yule this is what the weird sisters play at the yule ball yeah i think so instead of the hippogriff song <sighs> I really did like this chapter, though. I liked I, yeah. I liked these pair of chapters. Um, they were a little bit um, like a story in their own right in a way that I enjoyed because, you know, we're halfway halfway through the book. And I was like, how is that going to work? Like we, we're halfway through and we're just getting the first task. Um, and I didn't realize that was just going to be because it was the first task was going to be its own two chapter story. Yes. Yeah, I I. I have a lot that I like needed to air out about about these chapters, but I think overall this is some of the most enjoyable stuff that has actually been in this book. Um, just but like you said, like 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 it's its own little story, kind of like the Mirror Bear's Head thing. Um, but also, as frustrating as like how it relates to Hermione's character and and how kind of flimsily it resolves there's enough going on here with harry's conflict internally here that made it still like enjoyable to read um like like whenever whenever harry gets a chance to be a character and have thoughts and feelings even if they're really negative i just really appreciate that as opposed to like chamber of secrets or something you know where he just sort of like hovers along doing nothing yeah definitely no, I, I agree with that. I think the biggest bummer is Hermione. Um, and I, I have to assume it's just because her her whole story in this book got cut. Yeah. Yeah. Like like I keep saying, like, God, I want to know <laughs> what this book was originally like. Like, give me the Mephalda stuff, which I think is probably better than Spew. 
Um, and also let me see how horrible the Rita Skeeter stuff was, which I'm still, I am, the more I think about it, the more I think that, that that stuff was as shitty as we predicted. Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, I saw some people out there, um, asking for the, some people are speculating that there's like going to be like a three and a half hour director's cut of Crimes of Grindelwald, uh, to make this, what? to make it like work. Um, oh my God. I don't really know. I don't really know what they're basing that on um other than w, like well wb did the shitty suicide squad and um and uh batman versus superman movies and i think both of those had really long uh director's cuts or whatever that a lot of fans think fixed the movies so yeah maybe. yeah and i think that like some people are pointing towards scenes that were in trailers that were cut and all of that and they're like actually hmm. crimes of grindelwald wasn't bad it's just gonna be the director's cut that's gonna fix it and it's gonna be like three and a half hours long or whatever um uh, so one really looking forward to that if it ever comes out um and two uh i'm just still asking for the goblet of fire director's cut please um where is where <laughs> yes. is my where is my extended uh edition of this book with mafalda, with and, mafalda. and horrible transphobia yeah well uh because you more, know more interested in mafalda yeah much more interested in um in uh hermione's hermione's character in that um i i imagine it would be like a little bit like reading the um like uncut version of the stand <laughs> oh jesus yeah. yeah that's more like uh order of the phoenix is the stand <sighs> of this series i think it really is isn't it yeah well we've kind of had a, a jumbo reading here um is there anything else you want to get out, air out on this chapter, or uh, only, shall we take Only a break? one detail that I forgot to say in my summary, ooh, which ooh. is that the golden egg is the clue for the second task. I'm sure everyone remembers oh, yeah. that, but it was just like a kind of plot detail that I just completely, completely right. spaced. I did like when when Bagman pulled them aside and was like, uh, if you notice, it has hinges on it. Like, just really had <laughs> to, like, like, in case you're a fucking idiot, like, <laughs> this fake egg it opens <laughs> uh yeah the steampunk egg oh no oh no you know a steampunk egg would have hinges oh now i'm okay well we're gonna take a break and i'm <laughs> going to do a google search for steampunk egg welcome back um i i had planned out a very a very good christmas transition here but we have we have more pressing matters now that the the pandora's box of steampunk egg has been opened yeah I, I, did you find any steampunk eggs out there so i googled steampunk egg and uh, -huh. uh boy howdy there are a lot of steampunk eggs there's one there so these are all metal eggs that are covered in gears and gizmos, <laughs> and uh, this one is like, huh? it's a zipper, and then when you unzip the egg, there's a there's like a pocket watch inside it. Um, 
there's there's some engraved ones with timepieces on them there's this one here that is just revolting to me uh which is a steampunk egg uh and and instead of just being a steampunk egg they have also because i guess they are fans of the show portlandia they have put a bird on it oh i get it i get it uh there's a giant there's a giant steampunk egg here from dr raleigh's steampunk emporium Uh uh-huh um there there are several youtube uh easter egg steampunk easter egg tutorials well yeah because you know if you're putting on an easter egg hunt for your steampunk family um of course you would set out you know the the steep the steampunk eggs from the the steampunk bunny what 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 hatches out of a steampunk egg um a, a rabbit with a pocket watch i don't know a rabbit with a pocket wait why a rabbit to rat wait I got, I got stuck on easter and like, oh, the okay. easter like, bunny and the eggs rabbits and, don't come out of eggs and i was trying to make it like whimsical but then i got kind of like mixed up with <laughs> alice in wonderland a little bit i have to assume that people who like steampunk also like alice in wonderland i feel like that's probably there's probably a lot of overlap there not yeah, like completely sure. but i i think that we we should talk about steampunk at some point um Oh yeah, because uh, it's, it's there's a wide I like world. it because it's so meaningless. Um, it, yeah, it's it also kind of shitty a lot of the time. It's the fucking worst. Like, like it is. I'll save it. I'll save it. I'll save it. I can't yeah, go. So we on gotta my save it. We, it's yeah. it's Christmas. Uh, we can't we can't go down this road right now. That's right. Um, it's time for joy and and togetherness. Um and and Christmas. It's Christmas time. We, we've got we've got December is here i guess i guess technically if you're listening to this on the bonus uh episodes you'll be hearing this on the day before december yeah but, so it's uh, december eve yeah we're, it's de- yes december eve to um, our patrons happy december eve happy december eve uh there's so much wonderful harry potter christmas content out there christmas is is a big deal for this series yeah so, keep in mind you know there, christmas is celebrated at hogwarts but you better not be wiccan if you're at hogwarts i don't that like, there are no there are no wiccans at hogwarts so i don't want to hear about it but we will be exploring the uh the beautiful christian holiday of christmas <laughs> oh god yes yes so uh, there would be no reason for a wizard to have a crisis of faith <laughs> I can't think of any reason that that would uh, would be a problem. <laughs> oh my god! Yes. So, um, uh, I have I have been perusing Pottermore's uh, Christmas slate. They have a lot of Christmas articles here. Uh-huh. Um, some of them seem very good, and I've picked one here that I think we can kind of pick through because it is. I will just say that I think we are going to disagree with it. Oh. Um, uh, um, I think we could maybe c- compile a better list than I have here. Okay. This is the ultimate Hogwarts Christmas dinner guest list. Oh, interesting. It's a given that Harry, Ron, and Hermione would be the top of our Christmas dinner guest list. Mm. Uh, Here are some of already the... already some disagreements for me. Uh, <laughs> Hermione let me, me can a... come. 
Uh, okay, yeah. My Christmas guest list is Hermione, Snape, and Dobby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a fucking joyous Christmas. Hell <laughs> yes. Okay. Here are some of the other witches and wizards we'd like to share a wizard cracker with. And Dobby. Who we'd, <laughs> and who we'd rather stay at home, Harry. <laughs> Harry can come, but he has to stay under his invisibility cloak. Yes, yeah, and he can't, and he can't get mad at anyone for talking about direct action. Mm-mm. Um, six characters we definitely invite to Christmas dinner. Sure, this one I think I agree with. Okay, Mrs. Weasley. She's an excellent cook. Would be guaranteed to get stuck in and help, uh, and she might even knit you a Weasley sweater for your trouble. Molly is more than welcome as far as we're concerned. You may have to listen to Celestina Warbeck once the plates are cleared away, but it would be worth it. I kind of, I I do agree. I would invite Molly Weasley to Christmas. However, this is what I disagree with. And it is the assumption that I would invite her over to do the cooking. Yeah, that's for seven children all the time. I'm (laughs) sorry, but Molly Weasley can come over and have a break from cooking. Yeah, have a glass of wine. She'll... Yeah. Have a have a glass of wine. I will blast whatever dumb music she likes. Uh and it'll be it'll be good. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, this is a weird I think it's a little impolite to invite someone purely based on their cooking prowess. So, okay, Molly, get get in the kitchen and make some sauce. <laughs> yeah, I know I know what that wine can do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number 2. Professor McGonagall. Yes, she can be stern, but Minerva McGonagall has been known to let her hair down after a glass or two of eggnog and even let out a girlish giggle, much to Harry's Ooh, surprise. A, gr- a girlish giggle? A what girlish is that? giggle. What does that mean? Witnessing such a rare spectacle would make Christmas dinner extra special. I mean, in this this narrative I'm forming, um, I guess like Molly and McGonagall can hang out and have, Wait, like, have okay. some eggnog together. I, I again I think I I think McGonagall is a cool character you would invite. I don't know why I, I don't know why it has to be couched in I'm gonna invite someone to watch them get drunk and make fun of them. Just you don't wanna hang out with Professor McGonagall? You don't wanna just McGonagall, let your hair down. That's what I would say. She was, I, I know. she was there. Let me hear that girlish giggle I've heard so much about. Yeah. Are we inviting McGonagall from uh the book or the movie canon? <laughs> I'm never in my life going to get over the fact that they put Hot McGonagall in the fucking movie. Yeah, are we inviting Hot McGonagall? <laughs> well, yeah, which McGonagall are Is we Is this inviting? Crimes of Grindelwald McGonagall that we're inviting? <laughs> oh my god. So, yeah, we, no, we are inviting her specifically so we can ask her, hey, what's the fucking deal? Hey, what year were you born? Yeah, where, yeah how old are you? <laughs> Do you have a so, time yeah. turner? So so far, yeah, sure. I'll invite I'll invite Molly Weasley and uh and McGonagall. 100%. All right, number 3. Albus Dumbledore, mm. a very busy wizard, but if there were any possible way to have him sat at our Christmas table, we would make it so, purely so he could start the meal with a few of his most excellent words such as nitwit, blubber, oddment and tweak. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like at this point, maybe I'm I'm a little bit, this might be controversial just because I'm still reeling from Crimes of Grindelwald, but at this point I feel like inviting Dumbledore to your Christmas get-together is kind of like inviting Bill Clinton to your Christmas get-together. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. The more I hear about Dumbledore, the less I like him, so they should really stop putting him in stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess like, 
I don't know. Dumbledore's, I don't know if I would invite him to Christmas. Yeah, I, you know what? I feel like he's probably got lots of invites. I don't think he's going to be put out if we don't, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I just, he just uh, kind of, kind of commands the room a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know if I would really... I just want to, I want it to be chill. I'm putting together kind of a chill get together and I feel like he's not very chill. <laughs> yeah, not, well, let's, let's, uh, I guess I, I, we, we're going to have to judge the, the chillness of this next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four is the Weasley twins. Their presence would make dinner quite no, nerve wracking. No, I'm not inviting the Paul brothers to Christmas. No, Could thank you. Could you trust anything on your plate not to turn you into a canary? As long as they left the ton 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 co- toffee at home, they'd liven up the evening with their hijinks. I would just like to point out that they spelled hijinks as two separate words and high as in the like measure of distance. Hijinks. Uh, they could also be relied upon to put a fabulous firework display at the end of the night. In fact, let's just invite the whole Weasley family and be done with it. No. I no. don't. I'm, you know, they're funny, but like you said, the Paul, they are the Paul brothers. I don't know. There's, gonna, there's not going to be any vlogging at the Christmas party. If anyone's going to be vlogging at my pr- Christmas party, it's going to be me. Hell yeah. Um, so no, the, the Paul brothers are not invited. <laughs> All right, number five, Rubius Hagrid. If you've forgotten anything, Hagrid will probably have it squirreled away in one of the pockets of his moleskin coat. What? What does that mean? That doesn't... Is that what he does? No! At what point? In the first book, he had sausages in his pocket. What? That's crazy. It's like Harry goes down to the Quidditch pitch for the big game, and he's like, oh shit, I forgot my Nimbus 2000. Hagrid's like, don't worry, Harry, I've got you covered. It's in my pocket. Yeah, that's not a trait of Hagrid's that I think of. I he has a lot of pockets with things in them. I don't think it's ever the th- like I think the things that we have heard about Hagrid having in his pockets so far have been like dead weasels, an open packet of sausages, and a birthday cake. Yeah, and maybe like other food items that like nobody wants to eat. I thought yeah. that was like kind of the running joke is that well, it does, it does say here he's also pretty handy with Christmas decorations. Again, not inviting people to my Christmas dinner to make Is it because he's tall? Wait, uh, did I not decorate <laughs> before the Christmas party? Yeah, what the fuck? Or cook. You, you didn't cook and you didn't decorate. You're just sort of having a collaborative Christmas dinner. I don't know. I think I, I think I would be like a friendly acquaintance of Hagrid, but I don't think he'd make it on my invite list. No. Um, this does say he'd have to be kept out of the kitchen, which... I, I, no argument there i guess yeah that's true no one <sighs> yeah no hagrid's not invited <laughs> all right no offense i think we would invite this person sure um but uh but but dobby but, well is it dobby luna lovegood oh as ron weasley once said she's good value wait what Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to read this word for word here, and <laughs> okay. I need you to confirm right. that I am in reality. As Ron Weasley once said, she's good value is Luna. What? As Ron Weasley once said, she's good value is Luna. <laughs> are you, are you, are those the words that are there? Those are the words that are there. I'm going to be on the lookout for that, uh, 
stunning Ron Weasley quote. Her aura of distinct dottiness would likely make some of the guests feel slightly uncomfortable, and she's she'd probably spend most of the time looking out for nargles, but her perceptive outlook on life would definitely make the conversation more interesting. You know, I have to say, and again, like I know a lot of people really, really, really like Luna, and I don't dislike Luna. Um, in this world where I'm imagining existing in the same universe as uh-huh. Luna, I don't think I would be friends with her. Like okay. I don't think I yeah, don't think we would get that's along. Fair, yeah, yeah. I like her as a character. Yes. but would she be my friend? Probably not. I'm sure that just like Hagrid, I would be. I would probably be friendly with her and that would be fine, but she probably wouldn't be making it on my guest list. Probably not. No, I can see that. I think that's fair. Okay. Now we're going to get into the wild shit. Okay. Um, This is the characters who would have to make other plans. And I, I I think there are some on here that we will definitely disagree with. I can't wait. Uh, Number one, please. Number, Number one, professor Trelawney. There's something quite fascinating about Sybil Trelawney. She must have she must have some interesting, if not wholly accurate, stories to tell, and sitting next to her at Christmas dinner would definitely be an experience. But it's also extremely likely that she'd make ominous predictions of death and destruction, which would really spoil the festive atmosphere. I feel like so far my party is Molly Weasley and McGonagall, so I feel like Trelawney <laughs> fits in just fine. Again, <laughs> I don't know what kind of party this is that I'm hosting. Um, (laughs) But I have a hard time saying like, yeah, I would invite Molly Weasley and McGonagall and not Trelawney. Right. No, I think Trelawney fits here for sure. Besides, maybe um, I I love some party drama. So maybe if, you know, McGonagall has some eggnog and lets her hair down, she might she might start some shit with Trelawney. Oh, yeah. Pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd invite Trelawney. That's fine. Um, Besides, Dilla- I love Death and Destruction for Christmas. Yeah, fuck that's yeah. The, that's the kind of Christmas vibe that I I hope to cultivate. Look, here's the thing. I I love Christmas, um, but I also love Halloween, and I feel like if you could combine the two, that's Goth Christmas. Yeah, fuck yeah, Goth Christmas is here. I'm into it. Yeah, Trelawney is here. <laughs> Uh, number two on this list is Fleur Delacour. She may have softened after marrying Bill Weasley, but Fleur is bound to have an opinion about how well cooked the meat is. After an afternoon slaving over a hot stove, this might not be an opinion you care to hear. Okay, Fleur is definitely invited. Yeah. Because I want to see that bird monster shit. Oh yeah. Also, again, this seems to be a sign. I guess. I guess we haven't seen much of Fleur, so maybe there's a scene later on where Fleur like criticizes Molly's cooking or something. Does I that, think that happen? Does happen? I think that does happen. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that would make me really, really angry. However, I feel like I would be great frenemies with Fleur. Hell yeah. Also, she can turn into a bird monster. Maybe. She can turn into a bird monster. Yeah, I, I guess I guess I'm a little I'm a little iffy on that one. Maybe I'm just ordering pizza for this party, though. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe she doesn't get the opportunity to, or 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 you can like throw it back in her face. Like you say, like like frenemies thing, like like she criticizes the meat and you're like, well, I got some I got some fucking suet if you want that. Fucking bird. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah that sounds Toss about right. Yeah, I, I, w- I would invite Fleur. 
this one I probably do agree with. Uh, Professor Slughorn. He's a funny old bean, Horace Slughorn. <laughs> what? He's a funny old bean. <sighs> He's a funny small bean, Horace Slughorn. Uh, Slughorn's uh, just a small bean. He's uh, generally just a, well-meaning. Just a cinnamon roll. But is it a cinnamon roll uh, with a C or with an S? Ooh. It's probably oh, a cinnamon no. roll with an S, right? Oh, no. Because he knows about horcruxes. That's true. He's generally well-meaning when he's not trying to conceal shameful memories. Hate it when people are, <laughs> hate it when people are trying to conceal shameful memories around me. Uh, or helping himself to acromantula venom. Yet he's probably he'd probably just park himself in the most comfortable armchair and scoff at all your crystallized pineapple before washing it down with your finest mead. What? Yeah, I guess I, not... I guess he sounds like a huge dickhead, so he's not invited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If this is true, sure. Yeah. Uh, what's wrong? Why would he not like crystallized pineapple? I have such like my memory of anything that he's in is so patchy that I feel like I can't really address this one. Yeah. Because I don't, I... I don't remember Half Blood Prince well enough. I, I thought he was just like a dork that like was really impressed by rich people. Yeah, I didn't. I did not come away with a strong impression from. Yeah, small, I don't think. Small bean I don't think I. I don't think I'd invite him, but not because I think he's like monstrously evil or anything. He just seems kind of lame. Like, <laughs> you know, he's a, he's a big dweebus. Yeah. Um, this one, fair enough. Lucius Malfoy. Uh, yeah, he's a Nazi. So. Yeah. Not. No thanks. Yeah. Or any of the Death Eaters, in fact, for obvious reasons, but especially Lucius. Christmas is no time for dark magic scheming. No time for smearing. Nazis at Christmas. Yeah, not not <laughs> not here for it. <laughs> uh, Mundungus Fletcher. There's lovable rogue, and then there's light fingered Mundungus. All the silverware and goblets would have mysteriously val- vanished by the end of the meal, and that just wouldn't do. Yeah, I'm not going to invite a thief to my Christmas party. <laughs> Professional thief. <laughs> uh dolores umbridge uh there are many reasons dolores wouldn't make the cut not least her despotic desire for power she'd probably try i'm not too i'm not too worried about her desire for power at my christmas party (laughs) (laughs) well 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 listen up because the the reasoning here is she'd probably try to take over carving the turkey and rearrange your seating plan imagine for a moment (laughs) carve the turkey then yeah go off go for it yeah less work for me sure awesome uh i was gonna make molly do it but if you're doing it willingly you know (laughs) uh imagine for a moment her signature fake cough during a toast no thank you i'm not doing a toast at my christmas party i'm not i'm not fucking french sinatra she has a signature fake cough i guess she does like the hem hem thing yeah i guess so i don't think that's a cough really it's like a him him I don't, I'm not going to do umbridge noises on the <laughs> podcast. Well, not yet. We'll, we'll get to it in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to save it. Phoenix, yeah. Yeah, no, I probably wouldn't invite her. All right, last one. I disagree with this one. Uh, Rita Skeeter. No dinner conversation would be left unpublished if the Wizarding World's least favorite journalist was at the table. Her quick quotes quill would be out faster than you could say juicy news. And you'd find yourself the unwitting source in a controversial article or biography. What juicy news do I have? For yeah, at your Christmas party? Maybe that you're having a Christmas party? Like that can we be didn't a invite news? Dumbledore, don't tell him. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't like, know. I don't really I'm feel good. like I don't feel like my Christmas party is that. I guess that's like a scale of the wizarding world problem, right? <laughs> is that if there are three thousand wizards in the UK, like yeah, they probably all have some juicy gossip because there's just not <laughs> there aren't very many people, right? Um, but yeah, so so now that now that we have read Pottermore's thing here, uh-huh. uh huh. What is our actual perfect Harry Potter character Christmas dinner? Sure, like I said, Snape obviously, <laughs> Dobby obviously. Um, what was my third one? I thought I had a Hermione Lockhart. could come. Uh, Lockhart, Lockhart, yes, hundred percent. Um, when I when I get back when I get down to it, I'm like, what Harry Potter characters would I want to hang out with? And I'm don't I don't Not feel many. that strongly about about it in that way. Hmm. What about you? Uh, I'm I Lockhart for sure. Um, probably. Uh, you know what? Like, like, like Char- Charlie and Bill Weasley. They seem cool. Oh yeah, I would like to. I would love to hear Charlie talk about the dragons. Um, yeah, I'd like to find out what Bill does if he's like a, a, <laughs> yeah, what a tomb f- robber. Like, is that okay? Um, yeah, what do you do, dude? <laughs> um, and and Dobby, absolutely Dobby. Yeah, Dobby. Um, and uh, and. And any other house elves that are that are free and want to come hang out and not have to cook uh, for a billion shitty kids every day. Yeah, they like it, though. Oh, they they love it. They love that. They love that. Well, um, that's that's that Pottermore article. There's so many more, but we have we have we have to save some for our future December continued episodes. Um Let's get down to a particularly nutty brass tack here. Yeah. I think we should only read one chapter this week because it's a fucking doozy. Yeah, you read my mind, Um, especially because that's going to put our Yule Ball chapters out a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, So we'll like somehow we managed to get the Yule Ball chapter in December, which is incredible. Um, But yeah, I think that uh, for next week. Uh, we should do the chapter which is entitled the house elf liberation front and that's chapter 21 it's not <sighs> it's not particularly long um the length is not what i was worried about here no um, it's the content and also the uh <laughs> the companion piece on pottermore about it that i'm very excited to dig into yeah, very excited and dreading uh, yes. in kind of equal measure. Uh, so, so, yeah, I think that's what we'll do. We'll do chapter 21 next week. Um, and I anticipate uh, being very upset. So we yeah. have that to kind of look forward to. I'm glad that we're coming back to Harry Potter and getting to the worst part in maybe the entire series. Yeah, like I, I when I look forward, I'm like, that's the hump that I have to get over. And then we get uh christmas drama chapters like hell yes hilarious um like teen at like dance drama stuff which i'm actually sincerely very much looking forward to i'm super looking forward to the yule ball stuff but uh we have a we have kind of a daunting a daunting task before that 
for next week. Yes, a, a, a harder than any Triwizard task ahead of us. <sighs> yeah. Uh, dealing with the the slavery chapter. The, ch- the chapter dedicated entirely to this horrible, horrible metaphor in this book. Mm-hmm. Well, with that note, our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. You can check them out on Bandcamp. Huge thanks to them for letting us use that as our theme song. Uh, if you are enjoying the show and have not subscribed already, you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash streetcast. Uh, we have lots and lots of bonus content for you. We have uh, reviews of The Fault in Our Stars. We've got talk about the Satanic Panic. We've got uh, me doing a Jordan B. Peterson voice for way too long. Um, <laughs> got a lot of fun stuff there for you um i've already asked you what reading we are going to do so i will leave it at please read another book please read another book makes ocean roll seem tame but i know what you're after if you catch a eye because this hot mama is just a cat in disguise